Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our webpage at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the privilege of prayer and Bible study. We thank you that we can come to you and request wisdom and understanding. We thank you for the instruction found in your word. Help us that we will be able to understand what it is that you want to share with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, A Way of Escape. In our passage for this study, we're going to actually use two verses. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, and 1 Chronicles 10, 13, and 14. 1 Corinthians says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above all ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And Chronicle says, So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him, and turned the kingdom unto David the son of Jesse. That's 1 Corinthians 10.13 and 1 Chronicles 10.13. Now the purpose for this lesson bears some discussion. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is one of my favorite passages. And when I was looking for something, I was having a Bible study, we were discussing King Saul, and in searching for exactly where this was found, I came across, I did a search in the Bible, and the, the answer was 1 Chronicles 10, 13. And I went there, and I thought, wait a second, it's weird how 1 Corinthians has a passage that has a bearing on this. And so because of that, I thought, you know, this will be a good study. Because I'm forever getting the Chronicles and, and Corinthians mixed up. I know which ones are in which part of the Bible, but sometimes I say the one I don't mean when I'm discussing something. Or I start to type it. It's always great when you go to do a search and you type, one C-O-R instead of one C-H-R, right? Um, but here, let's talk about this for a little bit. A way of escape. First Corinthians 10 is an awesome, awesome, awesome passage. Paul is here in First Corinthians 10 giving the Corinthian church an understanding of how the experiences of ancient Israel apply to us today as Christians. Okay? It's an important passage for a variety of reasons. One, it gives us this incredible promise here. 
in verse 13. Two, it shows that the Old Testament history was vital to the New Testament church because here Paul is teaching Gentile believers at Corinth that the experiences of ancient Israel in the wilderness are instructive for the Christian. Right? He sets forth that the rock that Moses struck, the rock that provided water for them in the desert, was Christ. Okay? So a series of things are set forth that are profound in a number of different ways. But we're going to focus on God is faithful. There hath no temptation taken you. You've not been overcome with any temptation. No temptation has come to you other than common temptations that come to all people. Now, we need to understand that piece of the sentence. It doesn't mean that everyone receives exactly the same temptations. It means that everyone receives the same class of temptations. Okay? The same classes of temptations. Um, some people are tempted to smoke. Some people are tempted to drink. Not always the same people for both of those things. Some people are tempted to overindulge in food. These are all appetite temptations. Right? Physical appetite. Sexual appetite. These are all appetite temptations. So, you and four people you know may not all get exactly the same temptations, but there are other people on the planet that are getting exactly the same ones you guys are getting, and they fall into certain camps. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Okay, But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. The promise here is, no matter how fierce the temptation you face, no matter how overwhelming it appears to you to be, God has determined that every person who is tempted can overcome their temptation. He provides an out. As God's people... We need always to hang on to that. No matter how fiercely we are assaulted by the temptations of the enemy, there's an out that we could take and we need to cry out for. One of the best stories in the Bible that exemplifies this is, remember the demoniacs who approach Christ. Now, if there's any direction you don't want to go when you have possession of somebody, is toward Christ. But that's what they did. They went toward Christ. The demoniac could not pray to be released. He did not have sufficient strength of his faculties, having given himself over to the control of the enemy. And yet, somehow, he was able to appeal to God, and Christ redeemed him. So even when we've messed up, God makes a way back. But the promise here is that there's a way of escape for us to avoid making the mistakes. So what does this have to do with the corresponding passage in 1 Chronicles? Ultimately, Saul made a series of choices. After a decent start as the king of Israel, he began to put himself ahead of God. He began to, to vaunt himself up. He began to put the focus on how he felt about things. While Samuel was yet alive and Saul had every opportunity to listen to the voice of God through Samuel, 
or through other means. He did not. He rejected God and rejected God's counsel. And the first major step of that rejection, where Samuel really rebukes him, is where God came to him through Samuel and said, you need to destroy Amalek. I promised in, since the days of Moses that I was going to do it, and they have not repented since that time. They've just been going, getting worse and worse, and now is the time to execute judgment on them, which, again, shows the mercy of God. So even though they had made a mistake and were sentenced to destruction, had they repented, it need not have, been, it need not have happened to them. But time passed, they didn't repent, they continued in their path, and so God says, I am going to use you to execute justice on the Amalekites. You're going to blot them out. You're going to eradicate them. You're going to get rid of them. And of course, I can hear people now saying genocide, and you're free to see it that way. You'll have to look at Revelation 20 in the same light then. And I'm sure that there are people who do not believe the scriptures or see the scriptures as barbaric who will look at it from that perspective. But the wickedness of Amalek resulted in a judgment against Amalek that was to get rid of them entirely. Here they are. Here's the chance that Saul has to do it. And instead of doing what he was told, he did what, you know, the people of the land did. He, he saved back the animals, even though God had said everything associated with them, blot out their name from under the heaven. There was going to be nothing left of them. There was going to be nothing left to speak of. But he saved back the best of the animals, he said. He saved the king, right, as a prisoner. And uh, Samuel came and saw this and said, what are you doing? This is not what you were told to do. Samuel himself slew Agag, the king. And from that point, with a definitive rejection of Christ, definitive rejection of God, Saul began a serious slide to the point where he was afflicted by evil spirits and he had to get someone who would play for him to, to soothing music, right? So he, he got musical therapy. David was who was ended up being selected for that. And Saul began to disregard God. He became jealous of David. He suspected that David was favored of God. He started to pursue David repeatedly. He ends up in war with the Philistines, and instead of repenting, because that's what he had not done, while he was chasing David, he ended up killing a whole village of priests, which is crazy. Instead of repenting, he prayed, but the Lord did not hear him. And instead of correcting the issue that was between him and God, he instead decided, well, if God won't speak to me, I will go to a witch. I will go to someone who has control of a familiar spirit, a medium, 
and I will speak to them and ask them to bring up Samuel. And that's a whole chaotic story right there, but that's what he does. He thinks he brings up Samuel. That sets off a chain result because the demon impersonating Samuel gives him bad news, and he ends up dying. And First Chronicles 10, 13 and 14 says, So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. That's speaking about the issue of Amalek. And also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him, turned the kingdom unto David the son of Jesse. So interesting. Most times we claim, we assume, we suggest that the primary mistake that he made was going to the witch of Endor. But the truth is that his initial separation began when he did not listen to the counsel of the Lord. Right? Saul can try and make it like, God is not listening to me, so I have to speak to someone else. But he didn't listen to God. And he didn't repent of that breach in the relationship with God. And later, when God wouldn't listen to him, he used that as, as an excuse to go and speak to the witch of Endor. And just think about it. In 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us that God is faithful and he won't suffer us to be tempted above what we are able, but he'll make a way of escape. Saul could have repented. David sinned in certain ways that were worse than Saul's, not all of them. David did not kill 80 priests of Nod, but although, although David's lie to Abimelech contributed to that destruction at Nod, but nonetheless, David repented. That's one of the key differences between David and Saul. When David made a mistake and was confronted by it, sometimes external confrontation, you know, sometimes just the awareness that God had, that he had sinned against God, and sometimes he had to be, it had to be brought to his attention by another party. But David repented of his sins. Saul made excuses and did not repent. As a result, Saul came to a place where when God wouldn't speak to him, instead of surrendering himself to God, he just took his sins to a whole other level. And then we have two things that are listed for his destruction. One, because he did not keep the way of the Lord, and two, because he went to the witch of Endor and sought counsel. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. There are ways of escape that are made available for us each and every time there is some place and some way in which we're tempted. Let us avail ourselves of them and let's, let us not make excuses for why we are not listening to the word of God, why God is not listening to us. Let us recognize this opportunity that we have each and every time. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you have promised us that with every temptation, a way of escape will be made. Help us to avail ourselves of it. Help us not to love the sin so that we will not let go. Help us not to 
falter, but to hold fast to your promise. And help us never to get to the place where we're willing to compound one sin with another. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth on Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. And be sure to check out the True Wisdom Bible Study Podcast, which is done in a discussion format. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We appeal to you as Paul appealed to the Thessalonians. Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.